And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter. Alongside me, as always, is uh, my co-host, my partner, my friend, John Paulson. How are we doing, JP? I'm doing all right, uh, all things considered. Uh, ready to talk some wide receivers today. Let's do it. Before we do that, tell us about the music. Yeah, I've been on a, um, I've been on an NXS kick. I'm not sure why. I've been listening to a lot of NXS lately. <laughs> and uh, this is the number four track off of Listen Like Thieves. It's called Shine Like It Does. It was not released as a as a single and as you know i love to dig up those those great songs that weren't released as singles they're not very popular but uh turned out to be great songs um you can find it on the most accurate podcast playlist which i put up on spotify and if you can't find it there you can uh, uh find it on any of the podcast playlists uh, on the website for those that still remember records and i was more cassette tapes but you like to dig up the the b-sides yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. The, the beat so sides and the singles. Yeah. The the the, uh, the deep cuts on the albums. Yeah. Definitely. There you go. All right. As John mentioned, we're gonna be going going over some wide receivers from John's rankings, early ADP at the, at the position. Thoughts on uh, wide receivers from Paulson's standpoint. But first, want to let you know we're partnering with FFPC again this year to give four for four subscribers an opportunity to get an FFPC coupon if they sign up at four for four during the month of June. We're recording this on June fourth. Plenty of time to sign up at 4 for 4. New FFPC users will get a $35 coupon. Good for any league at FFPC. Returning FFPC users will get a $10 coupon. All you have to do, subscribe to 4 for 4 in the month of June, and you'll receive instructions on how to redeem your coupon. I'm assuming that you're already aware of the site if you're listening to our podcast, but anybody that's new, 4 for 4, the number 4, F-O-R, number 4.com. So again, New FFPC users will get a $35 coupon, good for any league at FFPC, just by signing up at 444.com and subscribing. If, you re- if you're a returning FFPC user, you're going to get a $10 coupon, again, just, sub- just for subscribing at 444.com. We're also partnering up with Pristine Auction to give one lucky subscriber an autographed Lamar Jackson jersey. Any Anyone subscribed by the end of June will automatically be entered to win. This also includes those that subscribed earlier this year. So if you if you subscribed earlier this year, no problem. You'll automatically be uh, placed into that Lamar Jackson jersey giveaway. Early bird pricing, 25% off, still in effect. So it's a great time to subscribe to 444.com. Early bird pricing right now at 444.com, which includes John's rankings, other articles written by uh, content providers at 444.com. It's all great stuff. Help you win your fantasy football league this year or help you win DFS if you're a, a DFS player as well. 25% off early bird pricing at 444.com. Today we're going to talk about the wide receiver position, John's rankings, and early ADP at the position. John, let's start off with your top 10. Half PPR. So this is half PPR if you're wondering stand if it's standard full PPR. It's half PPR. That's how we're doing a lot of our, our discussions when it comes to position by position. Here's your top 10, John. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, and Robert Woods. So that's your top 10. Comparing your rankings to Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings, rankings, it looks like you're high on Robinson 
and Woods. Uh, do you mind explaining that? Yeah, those, I mean, those are probably the two surprises that people are like, oh, that you know, he's got him in the top ten. Uh, I know there's been some buzz about both players, but I just think they're tremendous values where they're currently going in early best ball draft. Allen Robinson was uh, number eight wide receiver last year in PPR. He was number 11 and a half PPR. And that was with Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. Uh, he, I'm, I'm thinking that it's probably going to be Nick Foles uh, as the quarterback. So he should experience uh, an, an, uh, an improvement in his quarterback and upgrade at his quarterback. And it might be the best quarterback play of his entire career. If you go back and look at who he's been uh, the receiver for, uh, it's not a pretty list of, of quarterbacks. So um, if Foles does beat out Trubisky, I think there's a lot of, uh, and I don't want to say a lot of upside there because he's already you know wide receiver one with Trubisky, but I just don't see him taking a big step back um, with Foles as a quarterback. And if Trubisky ends up winning the job, you know, Robinson has already proved that he can uh, produce with Trubisky throwing the ball. So really like uh, Robinson, um, you can get him in the fourth round in best ball PPR drafts, uh, non-tight end premium drafts, uh, great value. And then Woods, I'm not sure why he's going where he's going. Um, it seems very late to me relative to what he's done over the last couple of seasons. In PPR formats, he was 14th and 10th the year before. Uh, in 2019 and 2018, respectively. Uh, he is the eighth most fantasy points in the last two seasons uh, combined, and he has only caught eight touchdowns in that span. So he's due for some positive touchdown uh, regression, and if he does, he's going to easily crack the top 10 uh, this year, uh, You know, assuming the rest of his uh, usage stays the same. And he's also uh, a player that they hand the ball to a few times, uh, and that kind of raises his his uh, weekly floor because he, you know, he's going to get, you know, 10 or 15 uh, rushing yards as well. All right, John, let's, let's go into the wide receiver 11 wide receiver 20 range. It looks like you're five spots higher on Cooper cup. And again, I'm going to remind you throughout the course of the podcast. If you're listening, when I say John is, is five spots higher or four spots lower on a certain player, it's in relation to where fantasy pros consensus ranking rankings have, have that, that certain player. So again, Wide receiver 11 to 20 range. John, you're five spots higher on Cooper Cup, four spots higher on Tyler Lockett, and 11 spots low on Odell Beckham. So what are your thoughts on those three uh, wide receivers? Well, the the Rams situation is interesting because Brian Cooks is out of there, so um, that opens up quite a few snaps. You you, know, you might see uh, Josh Reynolds get some of those, but Cup's uh, snaps took a little bit of a dip late last season. And I know there's a lot of people that think that the Rams are going to go to you know more 12 uh, two tight end uh, personnel uh, that was a response to defenses uh, loading up the box, loading up the line with um, with defensive players. And Sean McVay's solution late last year was to go with more two tight ends, and that's one reason that Tyler Higby went bonkers. Um, but the one of the losers in that was Cup, who who snaps dropped. But with Cooks out of there, I don't think that they're going to take Cup off the field as much this year, even if they are playing more 12 uh, personnel. I think his his snaps will bounce back, and he'll be a pretty consistent 70-80% uh, player. Um, so I think he's going a little bit later in drafts than he probably should. Uh, he also, I think he had three or four touchdowns late last year, you know, one in each game for the last four, four weeks. So there's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at, as they say, uh, when, with Cup's performance even in, in lower snap, lower snaps late last year. Um I think the Seattle situation is pretty interesting with Tyler Lockett and <clears throat> DK Metcalf. 
Um, it's kind of a tough call who's the really the number one receiver there. I just really have always been a fan of Lockett and his route running and his speed. Um, and I know he was uh, dealing with an injury for much of last year. I remember him being on the uh, injury report, practice injury reports, even though he was never really listed uh, on the team injury reports on Sundays uh, in terms of being questionable or anything like that. But uh, I, I still think he's the better player there, and Metcalf is more of uh, just the physical specimen at this point. Um, Metcalf may have a chance at more touchdowns, but I think Lockett will lead in catches and yards, and they can also hand him the ball as well. And then you asked about Beckham. I'm quite low on Beckham. I, it's not because I don't think he's a great player. It's uh, it's just the situation there in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski coming in. He's very run heavy. Uh, he was very run heavy in Minnesota, and we saw what happened with uh, uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. They had up and down seasons last year, weren't really consistent performers, and Beckham still has to deal with um, with Jarvis Landry, who had more targets than he did last year. Uh, they added Austin Hooper as well, so it's just you know miles to feed in a run-heavy offense. I just don't have a lot of confidence that Beckham's going to get back to his uh, wide receiver one ways uh, this year in Cleveland. In the wide receiver 21, wide receiver 30 range, you're five spots low on Cortland Sutton and eight spots low on Devontae Parker, who had a monstrous year a year ago. You're four spots high on T.Y. Hilton. So based on your rankings, John, I'm assuming that you're looking at a bounce-back year for for T.Y. Hilton, who struggled with injuries last year, and you're not sold that Devontae Parker can repeat what he did a year ago. Yeah, and starting with Sutton, it's not that Sutton's a bad player or anything like that. It's just that... You know, his numbers with Drew Locke were not as good as his numbers with Joe Flacco. He had averaged 56 yards with Drew Locke and 76 yards uh, with, with Flacco. Uh, so Locke's play needs to improve, you know, to offset that. And then they they drafted uh, Jerry Judy in the first round. They drafted K.J. Handler in the second round. So, you know, now we all of a sudden have more competition for targets there for, for, for Sutton. So I just think his... Uh, upside not, is not quite as high as if they had only drafted one receiver or you know waited a little bit longer to draft their first receiver. Um, Judy's very good. Hamler's got a lot, ton of speed, so um, there's going to be some competition for targets there now. Uh, De- Devontae Parker. It's not that I don't buy the breakout. It's just that you know at the point of Preston Williams' injury last year, which I think was around week nine, uh, Williams had more catches, 32 more yards, 428, and more targets, 60 than the fifth-year breakout uh, Parker did at that point. So it wasn't until Williams' injury that Parker really blew up. Um, so I don't think this is as clear of a situation. Uh, you know, Williams is coming off of the, the knee injury. Um, there hasn't been much information. You know, if his if he's not train, you know, in training camp, uh, then obviously Parker's stock is going to rise because then Williams' September is in doubt. Um, but if Williams is out there practicing, then I just don't think that this is necessarily a clear wide receiver one situation for Parker. I think it might be a one and one a, um, and then for, for Hilton, you know, looking at, it's been interesting looking at, you know, the chargers, um, with rivers, Philip rivers, there moving to Indianapolis, you know, the chargers are switching to Tyrod Taylor and now Indianapolis is going from Jacoby Brissett, uh, to Philip Rivers, and I started looking at the the passing game pie with you know Rivers replacing a you know a lower volume Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis, and if you apply T.Y. Hilton's 20, 2019 market shares to the Chargers 2019 passing offense under Rivers, uh, Hilton would would catch 997 passes for 1,241 yards and 10.9 touchdowns. Now those numbers are probably a stretch, but it shows you 
you know, what sort of upside Hilton has if he plays 16 games uh, with Rivers, you know, playing at the level he played last year. Um, Hilton did very well, obviously, with, with Andrew Luck, and he has a chance now to get back to that. He averaged 5.7 uh, catches for 92 yards and 0.41 touchdowns uh, in 29 games with Luck since 2016. I think, you know, Rivers is going to grow that passing game pie now, and, and it's going to help. It's going to help Hilton. And, and just since we've talked about Robinson, Woods, and Hilton so far, you, in 12-team best balls, just regular PPR best balls, you can easily get Robinson in the third round, Woods in the fourth round, and Hilton in the fifth round, giving yourself three receivers you know, to pair with a couple of running backs taken in the first and second round. I think that's a great start. And then in the FFPC t- tight end premium best balls, you can actually get those guys about a round later because there's some tight ends going. So you could get... Um, you can get Allen Robinson in the mid to late fourth round. You can get Robert Wood sometimes in the early fifth, mid fifth. And sometimes you can get Hilton all the way into the sixth round. So I just love those three guys at their values right now as your top three receivers. You can pair them with a couple of running backs, maybe a tight end and tight end premium, or just a couple of running backs in regular PPR drafts. We're talking wide receivers on today's podcast, and John's going over some of the reasons why he might be higher or lower on a specific wide receiver in relation to Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. What's your take on A.J. Green? He's currently the 32nd receiver off the board at the end of the sixth round. You have him ranked 29th. Yeah, I think in the sixth round, he's fairly tempting. Even in the seventh, it's really tempting. Uh, he's a very good player, obviously. He's just you know, had the injury last year. He wanted out of Cincinnati. We haven't heard much lately about it. You look back at 2017, 2018, 25 games, he averaged 4.8 catches for 71 yards, 0.56 touchdowns. Um, he was obviously a couple years younger at that point. Now he's 32 years old. He is motivated to perform well and, you know, you know, maybe sign a, a big deal next year or get traded, uh, you know, have teams want to trade for him. Um, but he's experiencing a quarterback change to George, Joe Burrow, which should be, you know, probably an improvement. But he had lots of a uh, good rapport with uh, experience with uh, Andy Dalton. Um, so this is a change in quarterback for him that might change his outlook in terms of his usage relative to somebody like Tyler Boyd or uh, any of the other receivers there. Um, they also drafted T. Higgins. I think probably to replace Green. So this is just a little bit of a dicey situation. You just don't know how it's going to all shake out. And he's he's just we know he's a little bit disgruntled. So we don't know if the you know the effort will be completely there for him. All right, in the wide receiver thirty-one to forty range, you're six spots low on Stephon Diggs, who was traded to Buffalo. Six spots high on Marvin Jones. Eleven spots high on both Emmanuel Sanders and Jamison Crowder. What are your thoughts on those wide receivers? Yeah, this is an interesting group because I'm, you know, Diggs is a very good player. He's he kind of reminds me of the what I said about the Odell Beckham situation. He's he was traded from one run-heavy team in Minnesota to another run-heavy team in Buffalo. You know, they're, they're maybe signaling that they want to throw the ball more, uh, but Josh Allen is a little bit scattershot with his accuracy. So I I have a feeling we're going to see Diggs blowing up on the sideline. Uh, a few times or at least once this this next year. He's also have to he also has to deal with the weather in Buffalo uh, in December, and that's not something he had to worry about with Minnesota at home. So that's another issue uh, for, for Diggs. I'm just not crazy about him. You know, if he's still around there, maybe in the sixth, seventh round, I'll consider him. I think he's a very good player, incredible route runner. Um, but, you know, John Brown's there, Cole Beasley. Uh, there's some other players there. So uh, I'm not sure that he's going to see enough volume to offset the likely downgrade in quarterback and the, you know, the run heavy situation there. 
Um, I really like Marvin Jones's value right now. He's the 44th receiver off the board, um, but he was the number 16 receiver through week 14 of last year uh, prior to his injury. Uh, he had a four-touchdown eruption against the Vikings in Week 7. Uh, if you take that out, which some people like to do, um, he was still performing at a high-end a high wide receiver three pace, and you know, he's being drafted as a wide receiver four, so he still offers value even if you take the four-touchdown game away. And I, you know, me personally, I like to have players on my team that are capable of catching four touchdowns in a game. I think that's a, a good, good thing to thing. have. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I like him. Even though he's changing teams, uh, he's, he's joining a really good offense uh, in New Orleans, a quick-hitting offense. Uh, you know, Ted Ginn is gone. Um, he's, he's, you know, Sanders will probably play ahead of Traquan Smith. Uh, so I think he's, he could uh, eat into Michael Thomas's workload a little bit there. Uh, he's been playing at a 78-catch pace over the last two seasons. He's used to switching teams and getting into a new uh, offense and, and, and performing. So I think he's going to be fine. Uh, so I think he's a nice value um, late in drafts right now. And then uh, the other guy you mentioned was uh, Jamison Crowder. Uh, in 13 games with Crowder, or 13 games with Sam Darnold last year, Crowder averaged 5.4 catches for 58 yards, 4.46 touchdowns. He averaged 8.3 targets per game in those games. That would have been the 16th highest total at his position last year. So, you know, a big part of that offense uh, with, with Sam Darnold, uh, Crowder should continue to rack up the PPR points. I'd also like to talk about the Giants receiving core, John. It looks like you have Golden Tate highest at wide receiver 38 in your rankings, Sterling Shepard at wide receiver 45, and Darius Slayton at wide receiver 49. What are your thoughts on the Giants on the Giants receiving core as a whole? Well, I think uh, there's, you know, this is a, I would say it's a murky situation. Uh, you also have Evan Ingram at tight end, if he's healthy, he's going to gobble up five or six or seven targets per game. You also have Saquon Barkley as a pass-catching running back there. So there's a lot of mouths to feed if everybody stays healthy, and we don't have a lot of data to go on from last year with all five players healthy. Um, so it's kind of a guessing game. I think we're going to end up having uh, these these wide receivers are going to be finishing the season probably in the 40s, ranked in the 40s. They're all going to have their big games. just sort of depends on what the defense gives them, and maybe they – you know, feature a different player each week. Uh, I know the fantasy community is highest on Darius Slayton because he's the up, young up-and-comer uh, deep ball guy, and he had some huge games last year. But um, I just think in PPR and half PPR, Colton Tate has always been a target hog um, underneath and is the, probably the safest play of this group. But I think he's being drafted last of this group, which is which is kind of interesting to me. So um, he's available very late in drafts. I think he's a fantastic value. You don't have to go out and get him, but I think, you know, if you're, you know, wide receiver 50 or 55 and you and Tate's still on the board, I think he's a good pick there. In the wide receiver 41 to 50 range, you're six spots low on John Brown, eight spots high on Deontay Johnson, nine spots high on Preston Williams, and 11 spots low on Christian Kirk. You're also 10 spots low on Mike Williams. So a lot of and I would assume, John, this is just because we're we're now to wide receiver forty-one to fifty that range. That there's a lot of variance when you're looking at rankings, but there seems to be a big shift in what you you see out of these players, and then these the uh, the fantasy pros consensus. So when you're talking about John Brown, uh, Johnson, Preston Williams, Kirk, and then Mike Williams, what are you seeing? Yeah. So the other thing everybody needs to remember is that you know we do full projections at four for four and not everybody that's in fantasy pros does that they just can rank they just rank their players however they see them 
And so what that does to us at 444 is that, you know, there's a, the pie is only so big. And if you take away from some one player, you can give it to another player, but you know, there's a, there's a winner when there's a loser. So um, the numbers have to add up is the point. So it gets, it gets a little dicey when you're trying to, to rank players and you want them in a certain spot, but it doesn't make sense uh, numerically. And that's, that's part of why I think four for four's rankings are accurate year to year. So with, with Brown, um, I think it's a, the arrival of Diggs. Probably Diggs are probably going to see at least 120 targets, and it's hard to just put that into an offense and not infe- uh, affect a player like Brown, who's you know was great last year. I, I drafted him in almost all my leagues, um, but he was the number one receiver there, and I think this year he's going to be two. Uh, he might end up with the third most targets after Beasley, so that's, I think it's a downgrade for Brown. Uh, Deontay Johnson, there's been a lot of buzz about him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I guess he was playing with a hernia, a sports hernia, which is impressive, the numbers that he put up uh, with that. But he's you know, he's going 35th off the board now, and I think as deep as the position is, that's too rich for my blood. Um, just looking at what James Washington did in that same offense, he outgained Johnson in 9 and 15 games last year. Uh, so I'm not like sold that Johnson's going to be the clear number number two target there or have a chance to press Juju Smith-Schuster for the number one job. Um, so that's just a little too pricey for me. I think when you look at Kirk, it's the same situation maybe as Brown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes in. He's going to be an 8, 9, 10 target guy. Uh, so that's going to hurt Kirk. And then Larry Fitzgerald is still on the team, and he always absorbs targets just like Golden Tate absorbs targets. When he's on the field, he gets open. And so he's going to end up with five or six targets a game, and that's going to pinch Turk, Kirk as well. So it's just not real high on Kirk. I think I talked about Preston Williams earlier, you know, his play early in the year. So I, I think at the at their ADPs, I'd rather have Preston Williams than Devontae Parker, but that's me. And then Mike Williams uh, alluded to it earlier with Tyrod Taylor coming in at uh, quarterback for the Chargers. The size of the uh, passing game pie is going to be lower if you look at what Tyrod Taylor did as a starter uh, in 2015 and 2016 in Buffalo, the passing game under Taylor was roughly 26% smaller from a fantasy point standpoint than the Chargers passing game under Phillip Rivers in 2019. So, you know, Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Hunter Henry are all going to be affected if Taylor is indeed the starter there in, in, uh, in LA. Is there anyone in the wide receiver 51 or higher that you'd like to discuss as a quality sleeper, but he's always looking for sleepers, John. Yeah, I've got a few guys that popped up, uh, up at, the, at the end here. And, um, you know, Brashad Perryman, I still think, uh, is going to fill that Robbie Anderson role for the Jets. Their offensive line should be better. It might take a little time for them to to gel, but that should offer uh, Sam Darnold more time to push the ball downfield. Perryman finished very strong last year, 5 for 87, 3 for 70 and a touchdown, 5 for 113 and 3 touchdowns, 7 for 102 and five for 134 and one as he played the wide receiver one role for the for the Bucks in most of those games, so these injuries in uh, in Tampa. Uh, and they signed him to replace as a cheap alternative to replace Anderson. Uh, Denzel Mims is the rookie that they brought in, but I don't necessarily see him um, pushing Perriman uh, off the field uh, in year one. I, I guess we'll see, but I think they, they drafted or they signed Perriman for this reason to, to, to replace Anderson. Uh, Alan Lazard uh, got a boost from the Packers doing basically nothing in the offseason at the receiver position. He averaged uh, 2.9 catches for 41 yards, 
touchdowns on 4.8 targets per game in eight games with a relatively healthy Devontae Adams in the lineup. That's not like eye-popping numbers, but uh, productive. And uh, this will be, you know, you know, he's a year older. He's got the confidence of of Aaron uh, Rodgers, who made some comments this offseason about his work ethic and ability. Uh, so I think Lazard is a good value late in drafts. Deshaun Jackson uh, can still ball. I mean, everybody forgets about him since he missed most of the year last year, but he had two touchdowns and a huge game in week one. Um, that offense, you know, Jalen Rieger, they drafted drafted him, but Alshon Jeffrey is kind of injury prone, and, and so is Jackson. But I think Jackson, um, you know, if he can play 10 or 12 games, he's going to give you some really good production. Um, uh, and if he can play a full 16-game season, which would be a miracle, he might end up in the top 20. Uh, Randall Cobb was signed by the Texans to help replace De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he should be the stamp, the main guy in the slot. Uh, I bet you he gets 70% of the snaps or more there. And so with all those targets up for grabs now in Houston, I think he could be a PPR steal. Another PPR steal that I like right at the, towards the end of the draft is Steven Sims. Um, for Washington, he was, uh, you know, kind of took over the slot late last year. He had five catches for 45 and a touchdown on 11 targets, six for 64 and two touchdowns on 10 targets, and then five for 81 and a touchdown on eight targets in the last three games. Showed a really nice rapport with uh, Dwayne Haskins, and uh, it seems like he won that slot role. So he can be had at the very end of drafts and, and PPR formats. I think that's a, a nice pick there, too. All right, great stuff as always, John. You can follow John Paulson on Twitter at John underscore 444 on Twitter. And uh, John will have uh, links and updates when it comes to rankings throughout the course of the year or any content that he provides. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. That does wrap it up for today. Do us a favor, rate and review the pod on iTunes and or follow the podcast on Spotify. We certainly appreciate that. And don't forget about the FFPC promotion and the autographed Lamar Jackson jersey giveaway in throughout the month of June. If you've been on the fence in terms of joining 444.com or subscribing, we are offer, offering our early bird pricing, 25% off. It's still in effect. Time, it, it's a great time to subscribe to 444.com. Again, 25% off early bird pricing. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. Yeah, but I can't.